modern humans look nothing like our common ape ancestor, but neither does any of the modern apes. Welcome to Two Thirds Focused. I'm back. And I'm Erasmus. And I'm Jan. I'm not red. <laughs> no, you're not. I am Duncan. And we're very glad you could join us. Hi, Duncan. Hi. Red, red sadly, is feeling rather poorly today. So we told him to fuck off and play Elden Ring or something. Uh, and we'll have a guest on that can speak. I'm, I'm sure he's quite happy to do that. Well, no, he actually sounded like he had a massive fever and things. Oh, no. So. Yeah, oh. he's uh, he's definitely out of commission. Poor guy. Anyway, Duncan, how the fuck are you doing? Um, Good. Better than I was a week ago. Um, yeah? I've, I've just got over COVID. So oh, yeah. That's fun. Shit. Not. Um, yeah. Much better now. First though. time, was it? No, second. Oh, yeah. 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 It was, it's, it's kind of annoying because I'm pretty sure where I got it from. And that you, person... You know how, who to blame. Yeah, I know who to blame, which is, I'd rather not, but I do. And <laughs> that person was wandering around going, I've got a cold. And it's fine that I'm at work. And really, it's not anymore, is it? I mean, you need oh, to yeah. be a bit more switched on. Yeah. But there you go. Yeah, so that, that floored me for a few days. But um, yeah, feeling good now. Feeling good now. So That's good. That's a good thing. Other than that, what have you been up to? Um, Mostly working, which is quite sad, really. Quite sad. Got a few little um, Cody-type projects going on, which you guys mm-hmm. will... We'll see soon, maybe. Ooh. Is it is it in the same vein of that um Oh, you did a thing that used math to create art? Something like that? I did. I've I've not done that in a while. No, it's not related to that. It's um oh, okay. interwebs stuff. Oh. I, I'm not Ooh, gonna nice. go into any more detail than that. So you'll just have okay, to keep that's guessing. Fine. That's fine. Oh you 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 being a Steve here, stuff you can't talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you, you can harass Kielski because he's been helping me. So maybe he'll oh. he'll he'll open up a bit more. No, I mean, <laughs> he, he, also he's too busy fixing the, his property and the barn and all of that. Oh, he yeah. won't he won't listen to this podcast till Sunday, like at the least. So I can just write him. It's like Duncan told me it's okay. It's okay if you you get the details. <laughs> <laughs> Evil. I like it. Of course. Uh, it's something I'm really enjoying at the moment. I, I might get see if I can get into it job wise because my current job sucks. Yeah, so I, it's it's stuff I'm enjoying. I wish I could say more, but I, I can't. Nice. Did you nearly like tease that you might look, be looking for a career change? Is that it? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. That's Ooh, what I'm getting at. That's exciting. It is exciting. It's really hard to do when you are old and have a mortgage and a family and i i wouldn't know no you wouldn't because you're 12 <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like ready, sir. It. you're just missing the accent oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah trying to anyway trying to yeah it's difficult but yeah i'm sure you'll manage i mean but you you're quite the wizard already when it comes to like bits and bites and all of that yeah, I do all which, right. Which is about, <laughs> it's about my extent of the knowledge of it. <laughs> I know you do wizardry on computers. That's sort of how far I I I can grasp what you do. Yeah, I I, I like the idea of the hat and the long beard. Yeah, the cloak. Yeah, just sat at a computer. Duncan, it's not the first time that you are here, but in the off chance that somebody who listens to us at the first time or to, for the first time. You want to give a like a short, what you do, what you're. I can try. Yeah. I always struggle with this because I, I I kind of have a go at anything. I'm not in any particular craft or trade or uh, anything specific like that. But I love getting involved in digital making more than anything. Really, three D printing, mm-hmm. CNC stuff, lasers, trying to do. Things with machines that weren't designed to do what they do. And um, I'm involved in a, a local makerspace called Make Gosport. Um, we were at Maker Central last year in quite quite a big way. So, mm-hmm. And you're going to be with them 
are they going to be there at the stand with the stand this year as well? Yeah, we're going to be back again, and nice. we're also running a um, well, planning to run uh, like a Monopoly game as well that people could join in with. Ooh. So um, yeah, we'll have the stand and we'll have that as well. What kind of jail? <laughs> oh, you'll have to wait and see. The kinky kind? Uh, unlikely with children involved, Raz. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. I, I forget Maker Central is made for kids. Well, it is, but it's for big kids too. Thank you. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll be back with that. That'll be good. I think that pretty much covers it. I, I, I tend to stay on the sort of geeky end of things. Yeah. I, I try to remember. I think when you got introduced to me, I don't know exactly who it was, but... Um, Somebody was talking about Duncan. I was like, who's Duncan? And uh, they just turned around. It's like, oh, you see him. He's tall and he knows stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I I like that. That's appropriate. That's going to be my tagline forever. (laughs) Hi, I'm Duncan. I'm tall and I know stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it didn't lie. I mean, it's just like, uh, let's say it's hard for you to get lost at places like um, Maker Central, for example. Well, I still I can still get lost, but I'm easy to find. Yes. yes. I mean, you might lose yourself, but we don't lose you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially with the, yeah. the big wizard hat. How about you, Jan? How's your week? Um, the last couple of weeks since I wasn't online, the last um, really busy. Uh, yeah, the... I mean, we heard you were too busy to join us last week, so you had to be working. Yes, apparently. yes, that seldom happens, and I mean, I could have bailed out of it, but it was not the right thing to do like you know when you work in sales and i heard it was alcohol and company paying yeah not not really that much alcohol but um it was mainly keeping company you know uh, going back for the last two weeks is let's start with the weekend two weeks ago uh was the first time so when this the last podcast before the last one ah time yeah it's relative Uh, so on a private note, I uh, developed color film for the first time, which was Ooh, yeah. freaking amazing. Yeah. And I always thought it was like some kind of dark alchemy, which turns out is actually freaking easy. It's the same it's as doing dark black room and white alchemy. Excuse me. You you just take the dark alchemy and you put it in a room, and then you have dark room alchemy, and then it works. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. You, that's that's the misconception about it. If you develop negatives, you don't need a dark room. You have to get that film into the container in complete darkness, but you can do that in one of those funny bags where you stick your hands in and just fumble blindly for about half an hour with a lot of adult language till you finally get it in your (laughs) developing box. But after that thing is closed off, you can, like, all the chemicals and everything happens in broad daylight. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And after the basically first step or second step, you, you... don't the film is not even light sensitive anymore so uh yeah it was it was a ton of fun doing it and i did black and white before and everybody told me yeah black and white is easy you only have three chemicals or main two main chemicals and um you keep it at 20 degree room temperature a little bit plus minus and you develop it and color temperature you have to keep it or for color development you have to keep it at the exact temperature so what i figured out is yeah you have to and maybe it was difficult in the past but these days you can get freaking sous vide sticks online for yeah like 30 40 bucks and if you stick that in a container with the water it will keep within like 0.1 or 0.2 degrees celsius or fahrenheit it will keep the temperature and that in that point it's just as easy as doing the black and white stuff because all you do is keep the stuff in the water bath the chemicals at temperature till you need them so yeah that was a great experience especially since i'm scanning my own film so from shooting it to developing to scanning was all done for the first time and i'm i'm loving it i developed i think like three more uh, film roles since then so that was on the private side. Um, business side, we had a visitor from Japan, from my company, an engineer, which was uh, really interesting because we have some new products coming up. And it's after COVID, it's like the first time we really have someone over and kind of sharing the information, having meetings about it. So, of course, there's a lot of NDA stuff, so I can't talk too much about the details. But we've been to a customer, new products got introduced, positive feedback. And uh, switching back to the private part again, it was in 
Bavaria, the meeting. And the meeting lasted for only half an hour. It was really important, but it lasted for only half an hour. And after that, there was nothing left but to drive home, except that their Neuschwanstein Castle in Neuschwangau is oh, about yeah. 20 minute drive away. So I decided, oh, I'm going to take my camera with me and I'm going to drive to Neuschwanstein. So I did that. What I didn't think about was check the weather report. So it was cold, it was freezing, it was uh, slippery. I climbed over some barricades because the, the hiking path, I wanted to make some pictures from like the other side of a lake and that was closed off, but that didn't stop me. <laughs> so, I almost, so I almost drowned myself in that, that freaking lake. <laughs> oh, um, because you nearly slid out or what? It's Yeah, yeah, because I like, slid down. There was some parts where I icy and then like the snow was kind of soapy oh. in some other areas. Also, there were yeah. some, um, uh, how do you call it? Like this, those icicles, like ice when you have like frozen. Yeah from trees but this one was from a waterfall so there was a block mm. of ice laying on that walking path which was probably about 60 70 kilograms like i couldn't wow. get my arm around that ice block it was just <laughs> gigantic and i was like yeah maybe that was not the best idea but i carried <laughs> on so i did the walk around the sea which usually takes about like around the whole lake you can do it within an hour um without shooting pictures it was just walking was two hours a good wow. two and a half hours with making the pictures on the way. And <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I started that whole thing at like three o'clock in the afternoon. It still gets dark at five. <laughs> so yeah. so, so doing that, like, yeah, with fading daylight, um, trying to get back. Oh, I was also carrying a heavy tripod, of course. Yeah, that helps. And yeah, and, yeah backpack with like two cameras in it. So ton, tons of fun. So I got back to the car. It was dark. Uh, drove back home. That was that. And uh, no, the next day, like normal office stuff. Um, I had some meetings and uh, that's why I wasn't able uh, to join last week was because it was the day before the engineer flew back to Japan and they asked me if I would also join them for dinner. And um, I mean, it's, it's not that I had to, but I also wanted to join because um it's interesting it's good to know people over in japan especially if you are how do i say that really political if you need technical information about products it's good to be on the good side of those people yes that helps yeah so that was mine how about you Raz? i'm, I'm just curious uh neuschwanstein is that the Disney castle, isn't it yeah that's the disney castle and um that is really funny story about that one Neuschwanstein they never finished it like the guy started building it because he wanted his dream castle he was living in Neuschwangau which is right like across the other castle you can literally stand in between the castles look from one side to the other one and <laughs> you have the two castles okay um the he if I remember right he basically gave away all the tax money of everyone living there to build that like this this disney castle i mean they started building it like the late 1800 something so like this oh. is it's not that old oh wow and it and it never yeah. got and it, they never finished it because he died before that and then they said like well fuck that because it's eating money left and right so yeah. you can go to neuschwanstein you can pay a ton of money you can walk in a couple of rooms that they finished and that's it or you can go to Neuschwangau, which is the castle he actually lived in to wait till the other one was finished building. And uh, I think this one is much more interesting because there's huge parts, like more parts of the castle you can actually go to. It has more stuff. It's where the people actually lived. So it's not like a distant land, but it's like the real thing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was that. That's the story about Neuschwanstein, Neuschwangau. Beautiful area, though. Except when I was there, because there was like a snow storm, uh, snowstorm brewing up, and Ooh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was windy, and everything was ice, and it was getting dark. <laughs> All the fun stuff. You All had the quite fun adventure. Stuff. Oh yeah, no, I enjoyed every second of it. <laughs> Even when you were sliding down towards the lake on the ice. Yeah, yeah, but this is the good thing about a huge tripod. You can use it as kind of like a, a carrying stick. So. Yeah, that, that was Nordic walking for cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I might have some similar experience at one point. 
Yeah. I mean, it's that will, that's time of the year. So we just have to deal with it. So how about you, Ressa? I have made tools for the power hammer using the power hammer. Fine, good. Fucking finally. <laughs> 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 like six months after the the last one got, well, the previous power hammer was taken out and four months behind schedule and a month or three months after it showed up, it is finally operational and working. You can use it. And uh, I spent a lot of time yesterday, mm -hmm. I think. Yesterday and today before yesterday. Uh, making, just drawing out ta tapers and making tools that I needed for the power hammer. Which is, and it was one of those occasions where it's like, I'm just cranking up the forge and I'm tossing in all of the large bits of steel I have and I'm just going to town and just hitting things. And it's fun. It's great fun. Uh, maybe except for the whole part with uh, it's the concrete is hollow underneath where it's currently placed. So it's the the, the building is a little bit wobbly. Uh -huh. That That's interesting. It's interesting. It's not a problem apparently, but it is definitely interesting. Yeah, you... And it's one of the things where I told him like, why do you want to put it there? And he was like, no, it's practical. You have room here and all of that. And it's like, yeah, but there's nearly a meter gap on the right side, you can scoot it over a bit, and it will be this closer to where the the, the one that you have like the concrete pillars underneath it. And he's like, "No, can't do that." And but then of what course, what do you mean? Like, it's it. hollow underneath. Is there another floor under there? Is there yeah, people? Yeah, basement-ish kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. It's usually filled with water, but it's 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 there. It's uh, and it's 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 weird as well. I don't. I haven't bothered to look underneath there. I've just got told that. But there's sort of like a uh, not a trapdoor, maybe somewhere between the trapdoor and the manhole cover inside of the the forging area, and you can sort of lower it down there, and it's it's accessible-ish. But I don't know how big it is. I just know that it, it's sort of only this half of the room, kind of, if that makes sense. And they've of course put the power hammer sort of quite outside into that opening or o over that hollow space. Instead of scooting it like a meter or two to the right, and yeah, it, it's a lot of silly bureau bureaucracy things with the makerspace. With that, they of course have a formula saying like, "Oh, we need this amount of space to rent out, and we need to earn this and this much money for this part to be profitable." And it's like, yeah, but if you want to uh, like enforce that strictly, then you're losing out on the visibility of the rest of the space. But if you remove one of those renting spaces, then suddenly everything else becomes a lot more open and easy and accessible and all of that. So for some reason, I have that picture in my head of uh, Do you know Aristocats? Yes. Oh when yeah, they yeah, play yeah, the yeah, piano, yes. it's like Rasmus <laughs> operating the power hammer, and suddenly you see him like going down floors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except there's only one floor to go. Would be a lot more. Oh, that I want to make that as a music video gag now. Just everybody and go dunk 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 dunk. Anyway, yeah. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I, I, I have no idea what they're talking about because apparently, at the meeting recently, which I've never been to one of these meetings, I've no idea when they happen. I, I just get the notification that there was a meeting, and I, I, I probably should have figured out where the meetings are. It's sort of like the community thing of like, oh, what's going on? Like, what's the problems people are having? What's the improvements we can do and all of that? And at, at the last meeting, uh, just before we got the power hammer operational, someone said they wanted to get a CNC plasma cutter. And I'm like, I just read and I'm like, where the fuck do they want to put that? We don't even have good enough room for all the things we do want to do in the space with the tools we have. So, yeah. Uh, We'll see what happens, but I have a power hammer now, and I'll I'll be practicing making uh, drawing tapers by making dragon tail bottle openers, and eventually some tentacles that I learned from John when I was over there in Rhode Island land. Nice, Cthulhu comes to Norway. Is that sounds like a, a very weird spin-off of Sound of Music? <laughs> that I don't know. <laughs> anyway uh, I also did like a tally of how much I've been doing for the, the big market coming up and I now have uh, a total of 75 roses made uh, Six, a bit over 60 of them are the small sizes and I need to make about 30 of the lar two largest sizes and so that'll I get you through the first day 
hopefully a bit longer but oh i mean it's it's like i don't care i've made as much as i can and if i run out i will still have made a lot of money so uh but yeah uh, and i got a shipment of steel today as well so i'll be make welding uh, fire pits tomorrow which will be fun very nice how much for how much longer do you have till the market uh, not enough <laughs> uh 10 days from today i'm heading i'm driving up there on the 20th and because i and because i am a brilliant human being and i can space and plan out my time perfectly i never get distracted at all i started to look into using chat gpt and like dali and things to see what i can do with it mostly because i, I was going to order more stickers to bring up to that market and I was like, ooh, I wonder what new stickers I can make. And I was like, I have no fucking idea. But if I, if I try out the chat GPT thing, maybe I can coax it into giving me some tips. So I told, I sort of had this conversation with the robot saying like, so what are some common warning stickers? And it gave me like a nice ha ha handful of lists. And I was like, cool. Can you mix those up and make something funny? <laughs> and the, the robot is like, sure, yeah. And it was like, warning, poison, limited to adult use only. <laughs> nice. And I was like, perfect. I want that. <laughs> yeah. But then, cool. of course, also it's like, oh, let me take that to the opposite side. Like, the poison limited to children, to child use only, or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah. There's some fun stuff that comes out with it. The uh, nice segue, by the way. I have to mention it. <laughs> Fuck off. It was perfect before I said anything. Um, <laughs> do you. Res, you've been playing around with it a little bit. Um, Duncan, I don't know about you with the whole chat GPT thing, but I've been at it for a few months now, working with chat GPT. Like, I'm going into detail yeah, you a little bit more a while later. Back, didn't you? Yes, um, it's getting more and more difficult to get to like to get that funny stuff out of it. Like, you have to tell the chatbot to be funny or to oh, yeah, be sarcastic. I tell it, like, make it funny and yeah. try again, do because it this way. In, in the really beginning, when I, I think I tried it the first time about half a year, when the whole thing was pretty new, you had to actually wait to, till the registry went through until like the whole beta thing started and everything. So um, it would, sometimes you would ask something serious and answers like that would occur. And it is learning so damn fast that you hardly now, you can't get it to um throw stuff out like that on a random but yeah to, to yeah, be honest yeah. you, you used it for the stickers the possibilities are freaking endless um yeah. it's yeah. now that whole thing about that people go like oh yeah it's gonna write you link like in linkedin oh they go it's writing my linkedin post i'm like yeah it's, i've been doing that for half a year now <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> um it's really good about from my experience um i am absolutely horrible in coming up with stuff like i have a basic idea but um maybe i'm not good enough in english like it's because english is not really my main language or i switch between german and english so much i have a hard time to formulate a sentence out like when when i have some news or something technical i want to bring to the paper yeah so what i do is i throw it in ChatGPT, and it does the rough outline for me sometimes it's really good and i only have to change a few things but usually i have the technical understanding so i just go over it i correct what i have to do and i switch a couple of sentences around so it reads more easy or more easily but um when it comes down to like the, the whole that what takes the most time for me setting it up to throw out a text that one just happens in an instant and it saves so much freaking time Duncan, how about you? I've been playing with Chat GPT. Yeah, I, I've been playing with it, but not not really applied it to anything useful. But um, okay. it's probably similar to you. Maybe a year playing with these uh, kind of tools, and um, not only Chat GPT, but there was GPT three before that. Yes. Yeah. And that was that was only a sort of statement and answer, mm -hmm. whereas now you can have this whole conversation and. Um, yeah, I, I, I've been using it as a toy, really. And then there, there, there's been occasions where it can actually be useful. We used it at the Makerspace. Well, I'd say we used it. I, I played with it and suggested that they use it. 
um, for writing risk assessments, mm-hmm. which oh. is like crazy boring, right? It's just such yeah. a shit job. Um, but, you know, like I typed in um, list of risks associated with using uh, a mitre saw, for example. Mm-hmm. And it would list out all these things like flying material and spinning blades and all this stuff. And you can cut yourself and you can snag clothes on air. And then you go a step further and say, well, can you list those risks along with the consequences if they were to happen? And it does that, and it puts them in a nice table for you. And then you say, well, can you rank them on a score from one to five of the chance of it happening and then the consequence if it does happen, right? That's mm-hmm. a typical wow. risk assessment layout. And it does it all. And it's not perfect. There's probably a few more things you could add, but it's brilliant to start from. Yeah, Really, really great, yeah. great place to start for something. I mean, like it, t- it takes like maybe a half-hour job and turns into like a three-minute job. Exactly, exactly. And yep. you don't, and it or takes half a day. It takes very little brain power. You're just offloading the boring crap to the robot. And that's that's the best use of robots ever. Yeah. What I've been doing a lot is sort of a start. I, uh, it's, it's been one of the things where I sort of, as I learned how it functions, and this is most of what I've been doing like the last week, is just figuring out okay, how do I communicate with this tool to get the result I want? I've not been able to do anything I like using DALI and the image generation that it can do. But when it, with ChatGPT, that's, for some reason, that just made sense to me. and Or it got so good that it, it made sense out of me, maybe. But what I tend to do is basically just go on and say, like, okay, here's the terms I want to discuss in this conversation. Can you define them and tell me what they are? Mm-hmm. and then go from there and so with the warning stickers that's sort of what I did going like okay what are some common warning labels and it gave me a list of 15 or something and then I was like okay can you mix and match them and make something funny and it's like I tried to do that and it's like okay that was it took give me one warning containing all of them and it's like not what I was wanting for looking for can you try to give me more examples but use fewer of them and I had this conversation with it and then going like, yes, I like that. You got the concept right, but I don't like those specifically. Can you do more in the same style? And that's mm-hmm. when I got the really good ones. Yeah, um, which is absolutely scary is um, what you said. It's not only giving you the answers, but it's also doing the reasoning behind it. Yeah. So it tells you how it got there or where it's like, it doesn't it's, um, specifically, I think, tell you where it's like written, what, what the source is. So you still have to do a source research on it, but it's really going for like, well, in this in this case, could you probably just ask ChatGPT? Okay, that I really like that. No, can you give me your source? Because I think it comes up with like a made up one in that point. I don't think it actually gives you a real source of it. I think that is a copyright issue or something where it, there's a lock or something in it i haven't like i tried that it a couple be. of times and i only got some gibberish it's the same if you use dolly and you tell it like make me a picture with a um i don't know letter sign of it saying a certain name it can do that there will be a sign and there will be letters but it's gonna be a mix out of different languages gibberish like it will not actually tell you if you say like put something with max yeah, on there it's not very good at text yeah. Oh, okay. Like that Dali's f- freaking me out. Like this is one where I had it made some absolutely great stuff, and some of that stuff what I, what I put in what that was harmless was pretty disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> it just, comes just out with some weird because, things, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It doesn't understand like, what things should look like. It, mm. it shows you three pictures. Two are completely fine and exactly the design I'm looking for. And the third one's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Have you have either of you played with um, Mid Journey yet? No, I've not. No, that's I, a, I, uh, that's a me neither. Discord based one, is it? Yeah, it's Discord based. I've signed up to it, but I haven't actually like delved dived into it yet. Yeah, um, no, I tried to use Dali, and I wanted to. It, it it one thing it actually did in a really good way, except the format is weird. Is I wanted it to make uh, like revolutionary posters about blacksmithing. So like the propaganda posters from the Second World War, that style, mm. but about blacksmithing. And it did. Uh, it, it doesn't manage to 
construct graphically words that make sense. Mm-hmm. Nice. But the style was really cool, except for it's, it's like cropped into one by one instead of being the poster format. Yeah, yeah. but that thing was it's really, really cool. It's always one by one. You can write in sixteen by nine; it won't do it. Yeah, that, but that, that was Dali, and it's like, ooh, I'll, that it's a really good sort of layout and stylistic mm-hmm. inspiration. But you need to do all the hard work still. But I also wanted it to do like, uh, just make a fantasy picture of a blacksmith that also an, uh, a firebender. And it just didn't give me anything that made sense to that prompt okay. at all. But then again, I also didn't spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to make it do the thing you I wanted to You have to be really specific with it. You can write yeah. a really yeah. long sentence with it. So what I find scary with Dali is, or from a job perspective, um, a lot of people are complaining about photography, about uh, graphic designer, and it is true i see those dangers because i made a um instagram i made a profile picture with with dali that i actually really like the thing is is i would never it's a private account i would never pay a graphic designer to make me that picture i don't have the um, ability to do it myself so either i bother someone that i know that is a graphic designer to do it for free which i feel bad about it because it's still work time or i start spending half a day on Dali and just start feeding it words and you can really tell it it's like give me a analog camera on that and that background the camera has to be centered and it has to be that lens and it has to do that and it will like you can really dial it in then you look at the the pictures and there's something you don't like so you put in the description like shift it more to the left or shift it more to the center and you can really nail it in and you can you can add to pictures too now so oh, you wow. can yeah. okay, I didn't upload know something that. and expand on it that. or edit edit the in, inner parts of a picture. So what I managed to do is I uploaded a small picture of Serenity from Firefly right. and mm-hmm. I told it to expand the scene. Yeah. And it was not, yeah. nothing complicated. It was just the Serenity sort of leaving uh, or, or heading out of atmosphere. But and you had sort of just the curve of the planet in the background and some clouds, and it's just like okay, expand that a bit, and it just did. It just made it bigger, same style and everything. Wow, cool. So, yeah, that, that, that's like, cool it didn't and scary generate... at the same time. <laughs> Say again. That's cool and scary at the same time. Yeah, but in this case though, it didn't have to invent a style. It didn't have to figure out anything details. It just took the patterns of what was around it, and sort of recognized that okay, this is a planet, and let me just blur things out with clouds, basically. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things it did. Yeah. So that seems like kind of an obvious, easy thing for it to do. But I, I definitely need to spend a lot more time with it and just have fun because it is. Yeah. And I kind of want to try that now. I, I kind of want to like create a, a picture with Dali, like a completely new one, mm-hmm. and so to speak, um, don't own it and upload it and expand on that one. Could yeah. work. Yeah. I want to see how, how far that can go if it recognizes its own art or if it's just completely randomly generating over it. Yeah, kind of want I, to test I, that I now. would love to be able to use it to basically generate stock images that mm-hmm. I can use on the website. It's um, going to be really interesting for music, I believe. Also, yeah. Because there's one that now generates or an AI program, and I don't know the name of it, but I read about it, that it um, does royalty-free music for you. It just generates like beats that are comfortable to listen to, and it's supposed to work really good. But I, I haven't, I neither have listened to it nor have I um, tested it out like in any way. That's cool. It's everywhere, then, isn't it? You get like the music generators, there's video editors as well. And... Yeah. I've actually been using uh, recently. Adobe came out with a lot of new, more sort of uh, AI-ish tools for Photoshop. Mm-hmm. So I was mm-hmm. able to when, uh, I re- which is also a thing I did this weekend because I don't have enough to do already. I had to make an advert to put into the Blacksmithing magazine here in Norway uh, because of the grinders and the even heat kilns and things like that. And I had like a mismatch of images, and I wanted to make them look good together. So what I mm-hmm. could do using this one tool in Photoshop is to basically have it uh, auto-adjust the images I put in to match what I wanted it to match. Is that AI, though? See, I I, I have a bone to pick with things like this. Oh, because... yeah, by all means. Mm-hmm. They, they call it 
well, the, the, the name was translated weirdly in Norwegian, so it does make sense anyway. Uh, but yes, I agree. Uh, probably not AI to the same extent, but it's probably based upon machine learning. Right, okay. But, like, you'll see adverts for, like, software tools or some kind of new service or app, and it will go, using our custom AI special yeah, thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not AI at all. It's just programming, right? It's just oh, yeah, programming. I, I would... I would class AI as like something that learns from you. Yes. So maybe based on your behavior or your actions that you've taken in the past, right? Mm-hmm. So a tool in Photoshop that can remove an object is not necessarily AI. It might it might have been AI at some point and learned how to do that, but I don't think I don't know, but I would say at the point that you're using it, it's not learning yeah. from you and the previous edits you've made yes absolutely yeah you, you don't want to use your brush tool and suddenly it decides to repaint your whole photograph right <laughs> yeah so limited to the function it definitely gets oversold like it in marketing it's, yeah. it's like oh, yeah. crazy it's just thrown and, about and everywhere i mean marketing is never made by people who know how the tool is made or used anyway Right. In most so, cases, yeah. So they just get a hand of, like, here's the new buzzwords you're going to use. Make it yeah. fit into this frame. That's sort of what they're told. Then again, though, it's really cool that they're getting out there and there's so many things that suddenly works. Like, another thing that I could do is upscale images, like, really well now. Mm. And you can start to remove uh, a bit of blurring and you could, mm-hmm. like, color match things. Like, you could take, if you have two flowers of identical... Uh, design but different colors you could just make them be the same color again using some kind of machine learning tool inside of photoshop and you also have like the content aware thing where you could tell it to just keep like the, the important bits but then rescale the whole thing and you can just change everything and it it just works but that's, that's been existing for i don't know eight years in photoshop to some extent yeah now. and most of them are sliders i mean you just Changing color values. This is no, no, no not... not that bit. I mean, like the content-aware part, where uh, you can basically tell it. One thing is like, oh, you have like this sunrise horizon image, mm-hmm. and you want it broader. You can just tell it to fill in the sides of that, and it will do that using the same kind of style that the rest of the image is in. Yeah, it's it's analyzing what you already started with and how to continue that with the gradient. Yes, but it's, they can yeah. be a little bit hit or miss, but and if you have like a good. picture of uh, a wall with little screw holes in them, then you can also use that content aware thing and the brush tool, and you can just say like delete this screw and delete this screw and delete this screw. Oh yeah, this is from the the I use that all the time for my scanned photos if they have dust yeah. on them, dust remo- uh, removal or scratches. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of really cool things out there now, but uh, I think they can't take your job. Well, no, but yet <laughs> we'll, yes, we'll see. Exactly, <laughs> can swing a hammer. No, the um, uh, the uh, one of the things that happened, like a buddy of mine told me that. So he works as a consultant, and he has to do, does like he works a shit ton with Excel. Like he's really deep into it. So sometimes he writes some formulas, and half a year later he digs out one of his um like Excel sheets, and he's going like. What does that formula do? Yeah. So he feeded it into ChatGPT. It's like, hey, explain that formula to me. And ChatGPT oh. just took it apart. He directly explained what it does. He's like, yeah, right. He only has to read the first few sentences. Like, oh, yeah, I remember why I wrote that. Yeah, that's <laughs> but great. But he said it would have oh, taken wow. him hours to figure out like where to feed the numbers and what it actually does and why he wrote that thing. And he just, because he didn't know and he lost to play with ChatGPT, he just threw it in there and, hey, explain that to me. That's nice. That's a good use of it. Yeah. Isn't there and, also like a programming feature where you can just tell it, I, I want oh, yeah. a function no, it, in whatever oh, yeah. language to do this thing. And it's just like, here we go. Yeah. I've, I've used that a few times. So you yeah. can just and say like, um, write a function to do, to change this array into some other kind of different mm-hmm. array. And it will just spit it out. Yeah. And it yeah. will explain it. Um, one thing I did a few weeks ago was... Um, playing with, you know what a, an SVG file is, right? A, a oh, yeah. vector yeah, graphic. Vector. Yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. So a vector graphic file, you can actually read that as text. So if you were to, yeah. you could, if you were to open an SVG in 
a, a text editor like Notepad or something, um, it would just be a list of instructions, like draw a line Sorry, from this coordinate on. to that it's coordinate. Like, like G code or? Yeah, similar. So there's okay. a few commands with, within the SVG language, like mm -hmm. line is one of them. It will draw a line from one pixel to another, one coordinate to another, or a circle. You draw this coordinate with this radius, oh, yeah. right? So it's it's just a load of um, instructions to describe polygons, right? Yes. And so it's text. So I fed into ChatGPT. It started as, are you able to create SVG files? Was I asked oh. it a question, right? And yeah. it said, mm -hmm. yes. And it created an SVG of a, a red circle with the text hello across the middle of it. And I was like, wow. this is insane because this is just a text tool, right? It's not a, an image generator like Dali or um, all the other ones. Mm -hmm. It has. It, does it really have awareness of what this looks like, right? So then I kept on going and I said, okay, create an SVG file that describes an arrow, right? Thinking that's a common maybe vector graphic that you might use. And it did mm -hmm. it. And it I looked like an it. arrow. I right? asked it now and it's like, well, technically I can't create, create images. However... I can yeah. certainly assist you in creating the scalable vector graphics files by writing the code for you. Right. And not only did it generate the SVG code, it then wrote a Python script underneath to explain how to generate the SVG with Python, which oh, wow. was insane. Um, wow. And then I kept going and I thought, well, I have to try and think of things that, that maybe aren't easily found. Like an SVG of an arrow, you could Google that and find it, right? No yeah. problem. And then I, I asked it to write uh, an SVG to describe the letter H. Because you wouldn't use an SVG file for text normally, right? You just use yes. the font and type the text. Yeah, right. And it did it, but it did it really badly. So it created... <laughs> some someone somewhere did it already. Mm -hmm. It created three rectangles, which would form the, the two legs and the, the cross piece of a capital letter H. But they were in completely the wrong places, Right. Oh, which and I, I, it just this whole thing really threw me as like, how is it doing this? Because it doesn't know what it looks like because it's not. It doesn't look at images, or does it? Maybe it does. I don't know. But I kept going, and then I created a, an SVG that looked like a. I asked it to make one that looked like a teddy bear, thinking that's like a semi-complex shape, yeah, but recognizable, and it created these. SVGs that looked like teddy bears, um, kind of. I mean, the eyes were there, the mouth was there, like the arms were in the wrong place, and so were the legs. Okay. It was a bit of a squiffy bear. But, it, <laughs> it, you know, if you said, look at this picture, it's a bear, you'd kind of go, mm, yeah, all right then. <laughs> but it was, it was amazing. I was like, how? How does it do that? This is text that makes an image. Normally you'd have to put that into some kind of program to turn that to text into an it. image, right? To visualize mm -hmm. it. And yet this thing can generate, can back backwards generate the code being told what the image is. It's just madness. That is amazing. Again, scary also, but. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I, I think the whole thing's incredible. I want it to like, just look after my life in general. <laughs> well, that is scary though, isn't yeah. it? What I found out, what I like to do, because in um, kind of sales with, with a whole bunch of marketing in it, I like using it now for brainstorming. If my colleagues are not available, I can actually throw ideas at it and it will give me something back and I can narrow it in from there. Mm -hmm. I think that would be the, the, the best way to describe it. So... Just to be funny, I mm -hmm. asked ChatGPT now to create a SVG file of a machinist twice. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so the first thing what I got is like, it's a top-down, very simplified view of a machinist twice in SVG file, which is just basic rectangles. So it's like, yeah. I know it's supposed to be a, a machinist twice, so I can see it's a machinist twice. If you if I didn't then it would make any sense at all. So, so I now 
try to tell it to do the same thing, but in perspective. And I'll see. And that didn't work at all. It just stuck an extra rectangle on there in a weird angle. And it's like, yeah, no, that, that's, this, this, this didn't work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so here, I guess take this. <laughs> perspective is currently too weird for it. But let me ask it about an anvil. That'd be fun. This whole thing is not very useful, right? Because you could just Google for that. Someone's done it already, right? Oh, but yeah, it, yeah. It, it, was, just... it, it was just the whole process behind it that fascinated me. Like, this text tool is yep. making images. And the thing is, um, STLs that are used for 3D models, right? They are all text, too. They're just lists of coordinates. They're lists of, they describe triangles, thousands yes. and thousands of triangles. It did not manage to make an anvil. <laughs> I can I can uh, confidently say that this is no way an anvil. <laughs> yes, it can, it can do G code as well. I don't know. Can you share the chats? Uh, I I can, but I'm sur sure it will be more in uh, less interesting audio content anyway. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking for later, you know. <laughs> so I I sort of told it to try again, but using curves. And I see what that turns out to be. And that's absolutely nothing. That's just garbage. Yeah. But <laughs> so no. Both both of you said you only used it for like jokingly or to um out of curiosity. Yeah. And I I don't know how well I can do this, but what I would like to try to do next is basically feed it my newsletters and tell me to make a new one about this and that. Yeah, it absolutely works. I, I'm I'm doing that for my marketing test. Like it's the same with the LinkedIn post. It works a hundred percent, and you might have to go over it so it doesn't sound. Sometimes it sounds like how to say robotic, yeah. or like a telegram a little bit. So you can smooth it out and make nicer introductions yeah. of it. But uh, it is really good, and I thought about it because I was doing those leather straps, uh, those those camera straps, and I was just. Yeah, give me a nice like marketing throw, like a positive review or introduction to those camera straps. And it started writing like with those camera straps, you'll be equipped for like everyday use. They're rigid. I don't know what. And just that that whole text I'm looking at, it, it's like, damn, I didn't even think about half of that stuff that was listed there. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's why I say it's like I use it for brainstorming and um, for because I work with measuring equipment. This is pretty niche. But still, the stuff it throws out is just amazing sometimes and completely yeah. garbage and other times. But you have, so you still need the knowledge to separate it. But still, I'm, I'm amazed by it. It's, I, I, it's, I don't know. It feels like it is currently at a level where it can do a hell of a lot of interesting things that normally would only be boring and tedious yeah but it does not yet seem to do any of the creative work in a good way mm -hmm. like yes it can brainstorm but it but it's more like you need to define sort of some parameters for it i think or or uh, how how did, has, have you been doing it i i think it's only going to get better though this, oh of course this, of remember course. how new this is or new to the public at least and yeah, already... we're talking, it's been a, a topic of conversation for maybe six months. Yeah. Right. That's but... when it's really gained traction, isn't it? Last, yeah. last few months. And on its own, as a as a tool with a single web interface and just this one window where you have this isolated conversation, it's interesting mm -hmm. and kind of useful, but limited, right? Hmm. But when it starts getting integrated into other things, like um, Microsoft only announced yesterday, they're integrating it with the um, their Bing search. Oh yeah, and Google is okay. doing the same with uh, what's their thing called Bard? Is that it? Not sure. I'm, yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. I seem to recall something. Yeah, but it'll do things like summarize a web page. When you yeah. visit a web page, it will summarize key points so you can scan through an article really quickly. That's mm -hmm. that's the sort of that's the point where it starts becoming useful. Um, or if you you can attach it to your bank account, okay. and it can give you advice on budgeting or where you could save a bit of money, or Ooh. you know, yeah. it's things like that where they, it will start 
integrating with and and become like incredibly powerful i think i also believe that um right now everybody uses the word ai like a bus uh, buzzword like an industry 4.0 at one time or the whole iot like internet of things and it's i my guess is that it will also like you said duncan it will incorporate in products it will be more yeah. like in the background melting into stuff we already know and most people won't even know that there's ai in the background yeah that's true I, and, I, I, and I, also like this is very much still infant stages oh yeah but the better it gets the more it's in, indistinguishable to actual Magic. people doing it <laughs> They're already, they're already <laughs> um, on LinkedIn. They're already writing. Well, they have made a program that can identify if something's made with ChatGPT, and mm -hmm. I'm like, well, okay, but why would you want to do that? Because the text is not automatically generated. Somebody wanted a program to generate the text and probably went over it and did a couple of changes to it. Like, it, why is that a bad thing? Yeah, it's it. it I in my in my opinion, like the whole AI, especially like talking. And I'm only talking about JetGPT at that moment, is to help you, to support you in the work you're already doing. It's a tool. Yeah. Nothing yes, more. Yeah. Even in that, like just summarizing a web page thing, that's a pretty mm -hmm. simple application, right? But if yeah. if you didn't have that, you'd you'd read a whole article and you'd probably only remember four points of it anyway, right? Mm -hmm. So why not just have this tool just give you the four points? Yeah. It's, it's, just, the same, just it's a shortcut, as, right? It's the same as the internet used to be and what marketing uses. It's like, how can I reach enough people? What are people psych, uh, from, from psychology? Like, what do people like? What ChatGPT does is it skims the internet about everything people put in. So it searches for that and it takes that information. So it's not... It, it, it helps you basically get the information that people do manually at the moment so it's also a tool it's a, a, extremely powerful because it can get information that would take people years to research if even possible if they have to go through sites one by one also the internet doesn't help because there's so much bloat bloated stuff on the internet these days but remember when you used to search something from uh, on google a couple of yeah. years ago, like don't even go back far, like let's say five to six years ago, you put something into Google and now the first complete site is only ads. It's SEO, it's recycled information that if you click on it, because people are using so much SEO, they're going to use buzzwords or hide information on their page that actually tracks you to their site, but you won't even find what you're looking for. Mm. And if you can use AI to circumvent that, then why not? A, a podcast I've been listening to have actually been developing their own uh, AI service to basically ask, uh, ask like, okay, what happened in this place? And they have a podcast episode about that event. And it will can extract information from the interview or the transcript of the interview and give that consistent answer instead of having you listen to the episode again. Okay. Or if you're looking for recommendations on like how to deal with this thing, you can go through the whole log of podcasts they have and look through the transcripts and just get the information from that to you. So you're listening to a podcast that I created a tool that will make podcasts pointless. I guess. <laughs> or or that's a bit self-defeating, isn't it? I, I think I, maybe I think they started out being more of how can we make searches for specific information on our website better? Yeah, because it's very hard to search for information inside of an audio podcast if you don't have a good mm -hmm. transcript, and even then, you need to hit the right keywords that was actually or the right words that were actually used in the transcript to find the thing you're looking for. But if you have an AI, then that suddenly realized that, oh, like if you are looking from something medical, but they did never use the word medical in that episode, you will never find it. Right, yeah. So to bridge that gap, I think, is what they're specifically using it for. Makes sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you could have AI write your 
episode description for you. Kind of like that, and feel like feel, like basically what you're saying as well. Like it can just look through the whole thing and give you the synopsis of it, and give you the highlights. And like here's the main point of them. It but, will be really, really interesting to see if you actually start like from a YouTube perspective, from generated thumbnails over going to the description, over telling you to do the hashtags. Like I don't even know yeah. what it's the algorithm is looking for anymore, but if actually they have to countermeasure the AI oh, in yeah. that. Well, there'd be no doubt there'll be someone out there working on AI to try and analyze what how the algorithm behaves. Yeah. Um, not to mention like a weapons race. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one like so a simple example, just make an AI that just gives you like, here's all of the personal information of someone that we've stolen. Guess like the hundred most likely passwords that they have used or 10,000. That's scary, that isn't it? We, we, we're far too optimistic about thinking about how to use this in creative ways. They don't oh, yeah. think about all the yeah. underhand stuff, right? And then like you have even more malicious versions of like, uh, which I'm sure will exist at some point. We're like, oh, I need you to shut down this power plant. Just go and figure out how to do that. Yeah. Yeah, but we. I would say we're going to focus on the positive things. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Uh, I can go because I have one that is almost related. And it's Coffeezilla on YouTube, who I heard about a while back and heard a couple of interviews with, but I finally got into his YouTube channel now the uh, last few days and he's been his most recent video as of today is how he scams a crypto scammer into revealing his scams okay so you have a guy who long story short he has been promoting a lot of different crypto and nft scams where he because he has some kind of large following he can spread the word about it, inflate the price artificially in the short term, and then he can sell out all of his stuff and collapse the market. Huh. And like not only his stuff, but like he got paid for, to tell about this. His audience hear about it. The founders or the inventors of this scam can then sell out and leave everybody hanging. So Coffeezilla, he just sent this guy a message, not directly because he is a YouTube and kind of YouTube guy and kind of well-known. So he had a friend of his reach out as a middleman and you say, say, I have this thing, like this NFT, whatever, gigaboo group that I want to promote. How much for a, for a tweet or a story that will stay up for 24 hours? And he gives back a price and they go back and go like, okay, uh, like let's get a contract up. So to cover their asses, they describe in detail in the contract what they're going to do and that he is going to be the butt of the joke. And like every single detail of this scam they're pulling on him is in the contract they give him. And they're just betting on the fact that he doesn't read it. <laughs> oh, wow. And it works. Granted, nice. he still earned like 5,000 quid or something for tweeting mm -hmm. this thing and for it to stay up for 24 hours. But then the link he shared then shows a web page of him and every single scam he has pulled. Oh, wow. And that is described in the contract, so they got their legal asses covered. And <laughs> this is like just one of the things that he does. He goes in, it tears apart Logan Paul and all the, a lot of things he's been doing. Uh, and by all means, I, I've, I've been lucky on the crypto market. I've made some money on the cryptos. But I've also realized in hindsight that I was tremendously lucky and that there's no oh, chance it's gamble. At, and, and it's like yeah crypto i, I mean I, also with the ai thing maybe more so with crypto it is a real thing it does a function but it's a solution looking for a problem still and it's been really much overhyped and like it's not even anonymous anymore because everything is on the blockchain everything is shared and kept on going all uh, everywhere so when when this coffeezilla is trying to unravel the scams and look for where the money is going, he can find it out because more often than not, all of the crypto exchanges need you to provide legal ID. And he, you can just look at the crypto address and you can just say, oh, this this wallet sent money to this wallet and that wallet sent to this wallet and this wallet and this wallet and that was sent to this wallet and that wallet is owned by this guy. 
So it's it's not even like the crypto market. Not to go too far deep into it, it's not even like an illegal drugs thing anymore, unless you manage to keep all of the money off the normal exchanges that is not linked to your personal identity, mm. which these days is nearly impossible. But anyway, Coffeezilla, he he does some mm. really amazing stuff, and he doesn't just hate on the crypto market. He is in it himself, but he is very diligent about doing research and finding the people who is tearing it down and doing bad things. Okay, sounds interesting. I'll give it a yeah. try. Yeah, um, the the, the one I mentioned is, uh, I don't know, fifteen minutes, I think, video. So it's, and I think it's a really nice, like, short story with a really cool payoff. Nice. Okay. I go next. Yes. Um, I found another channel which is really entertaining. It's actually his uh, second channel. Um. I talked about a guy called uh, William Verbeek, a photographer, some time back. Uh, that, this and, was not a Danish guy, was it? Uh, no, he lives in California, LA okay. area. Uh, what I absolutely love about it, though, is uh, he, well, I mean, he's a professional photographer and he bought himself a Volvo V70. And uh, decided to do an uh, like use it as his daily driver and to go on road trips, a station wagon over in the U.S. And um, he bought it with a broken motor, so he decided to do a motor swap on it. And then you got a camera guy doing car work, and he's actually really good at it. So it was oh. really entertaining to watch. So he's already driving the car. So I mean, no spoilers there. He, basically shows it in the beginning but um yeah really entertaining to see to see him doing or somebody who is not used to doing a lot of mechanical work working on a car and he explains what he does on it and because he's a photographer like nice camera yeah i mean he got some nice pictures yeah at least i think i found the right guy uh well william verbeek yes but the, the second channel is william verb it's called and it's a little bit less right. professional he says, but um, it's still really well made. Uh, give me the, the link, link to that one you want in the description. Yes, and uh, also the sure. and also the one to his photography channel because he is really good. Does some really nice photography. Yeah, I mean, the Ma pictures mainly, I found. Yes, and mainly analog. Yeah, I mean, we all like analog, even though I never really used analog. I think I did when I was six. The first picture uh, I'm waiting, I ever I'm took. for the old joke. <laughs> no, it's just like the first picture I ever took was of my grandparents just after my little my uh, youngest brother was born, and to this date, it's one of the best pictures I've ever taken when I was six <laughs> years old. Well, they have character. I I enjoy it. Yes. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Duncan, how about you? Uh, I'm going to give a mention to a channel that's already huge, but um, I'm really enjoying recently. Uh, it's Blondie Hacks. Oh, yeah. And okay. a couple of things have led up to that. We've had, um, in the last couple of weeks, I've managed to get some more time down the makerspace and um, pre-COVID, obviously. Um, we've been sorting out their sort of metalwork and engineering area, and we're fortunate enough to have a big old Colchester lathe. It's a really nice piece of kit, and we finally got it up and running. And I'm keen to get into a load of projects. And uh, Quinn at Blondie Hacks is just great. She's just brilliant. Um, loads and loads of like beginner-friendly stuff on there. And no matter what she's doing, she's just the videos are just packed full of like handy little tips and pointers. And she works I mean, on like smaller machines. It's not big industrial stuff. It's quite relatable. She's a, forming boiler parts. Like, is she working on trains? She she does. She's done a couple of steam engines, um, mm -hmm. but they've been like multi-part projects. The majority oh, yeah, of that. what she does is like small um, workshop projects, tools, and how to do certain procedures on a la a small lathe, and it's just a lovely level of quirky and. It's really good. I'm really enjoying her videos. It's one of the few channels that, you know, I'll, I'll realize it's a Saturday and go, oh, Blondie Hacks video. Mm. 
And I haven't felt that way about a, a YouTube channel in a long time. So shout out for Bloody Hats. Go and have a watch. Yeah, I, uh, that's one of the things I... I need to watch more of her stuff and try to get a more of an understanding of lathing and all of the other like precise removal of material things instead of just hitting things with a hammer. <laughs> right, I I've watched her for years like on and off and I've just enjoyed the video without really looking to go and emulate. Yeah. But recently it's been more about oh that i can actually do that i have access to the tools i can actually have a go at this now yeah i i have not um heard of her before so i'm looking forward to watching those mm. but yeah no that's a good recommendation duncan and thank you for being on with us yeah well, thank you for having me sorry that it was a expensive red no nah, he'll survive yeah i hope so he's, he's french he doesn't die he'll just smell like it <laughs> I hope you're the one editing that podcast. <laughs> uh, I assume so. I assume so. He seemed to be poorly enough for a few days now. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Duncan, where can the good people do a bit of friendly stalking exactly. if they want to? Uh, you can stalk me. I am at Little Hobby Shop on in all the places. Excellent. And if you want to get a hold of us collectively, you can do that at two-thirds focused on any of the mostly social places, including Patreon, if you want to chip some money into the Red Needs to get his ass to Maker Central fund. He probably doesn't yeah. want me to say that, but he's not editing, so fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you can explain yourself to him about that. <laughs> yeah. And... Where can feed, uh, for the back and uh, words are hard. Damn it! I, I, oh, I, I made it almost till the end, and now I'm steaming hard. Yep, yep. One, one more. Pe people can find me at uh, nerdinventor.com for the mostly social medias, except the one Instagram of mine, which is Jan Maxwell, where I have my analog pictures, and I'm uploading pretty regularly. That's probably what I'm the most active at the moment. And there are some good pictures. Res. I did. did oh, people, people won't find you. Oh, yeah, you did. Oh, no, I didn't. Rasmus Lewin. All of the places. And Lewin's made it, I know. See? Yeah. There we <laughs> it go. wasn't that hard. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm steving to us now. <laughs> Thank you, Duncan, for being hard. Thank you. Yeah. What about Probably. your market? Why don't you tell everyone? Have you told everyone about where your market is? Oh, yeah, I can do that again. Um, do that as well. Go on. Yes. Uh, so from the 21st till the 25th of February, I'll be up at Rödos, at Rödos Martland which is now being hosted for the 168th time. And it's one of the, it's, it will be the largest market I've ever been to. And we're talking not only five days, but probably close to 70,000 visitors. But I'll be there for the whole week. And if you happen to be in the Trondheim area or Trendelag, then please do swing by. Buy all the roses. Yes, I have a lot of <laughs> roses now, and I don't want to bring all of them home. I don't want to bring any home, really, but we'll see how that goes. Do you have a booth now? Nearly. I, as soon as we hang up, I'll talk to Stian again, and we'll figure out the last details, details I think. Sounds good. Thank you for listening, and bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.